with Stacey Bratzel and Daryl McIntyre on 630 Chat is brought to you by Abe's Door Service, where service is their specialty. Visit abesdoor.ca. Yeah, yeah. Since you've been gone, how come I never hear you say? Okay, I'm going to start talking because Daryl loves listening. this song. And this is a great song. It is a great song. It's my girl. There, yeah, you. there we go. Move on. All right. I, I, I've never kissed my TV. <laughs> Kelly Clarkson's been on. If you missed it earlier, folks, Stacey used to kiss the TV when Michael Jackson would come on TV. Just that one part Just in the, the beat-it video. Beat when he went, video. <gasps> <laughs> it was really close up on his... I mean, anyway, whatever. I'm feeling uncomfortable now. Well, is, was that, is that just is too too soon? Yeah. <laughs> it, it was a while ago, more than 30 it, years ago. Isn't it funny, though? You get to a certain age and you start thinking about you know, either how much fun you had when you were a kid or how cool you were as a kid or how uncool you were as a kid in some of our, our examples. Uh, it's a great time for reflection. I think a lot of people reflect once you get to, well, whatever middle-aged is. Yeah, what... What is middle-aged? Uh, I guess we're struggling for a definition because we want to know whether we fit into oh, this I'm, club or not. I'm or almost whether, out of it. Whether we're in it yet. Uh, well, Midlife is a second anthology of stories written by people who have hit the center of their lives, depending <laughs> on the definition of We're in midtown, baby. <laughs> we have uh, Sarah Chan and Jen Pavliano uh, joining us uh, today. Sarah's in a studio and Jen is in Vancouver. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> so can we first have a definition of middle-aged? Is, is that is, is a that, uh, 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 numerical you know, state of mind. State of mind, or yeah, what, I think what it's is a little it? bit column A, a little bit column B. Um, yeah. We called it middle aged because it's 20 years since all of the contributors have worked together. We used to all work together at the Gateway newspaper in our like undergrad years, so you know, very early 20s when we're still children. And then a lot of people who read the book, and so this is you know making the assumption that we will live until we're 80-ish, which there is really no guarantee (laughs) about anything in life. Um, But a lot of people of all ages and stages have read Midlife and feel as though they identify with being middle-aged, because I don't think it's so much a technical age. It is a state of mind, like Daryl said, because everybody's always in between something it's any time after the beginning part it's when you're hit the mushy middle where all of it's confusing that's it when well, you stop you, kissing the tv you're yeah. middle-aged pretty much yeah. well yeah. i suppose you could argue if, if 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 you've had kids early maybe it's it's the the children are moving off to empty nesters yeah, yeah. to post-secondary yeah. or to jobs or whatever maybe it's that stage but i guess it, it does but but what does it matter why is it such an important time in our life and why does it deserve a full book with a whole bunch of stories from a bunch of people to help take us through I think the interesting thing is why is it important and I don't know if I would say why is it important I don't think a lot of people write about middle age because when you're in the middle of things you don't have a lot of time uh, when you're middle of mm-hmm. raising kids dealing with aging parents um, trying to pay for your home and doing all this big life stuff that you were told that you need to do you know when you're a, a grown-up and you're adulting properly but um, I think the important thing about reflecting on middle age is because you're not alone so you know you go through this giant swath of your life when you're c- accomplishing all these huge things and trying to navigate all these complex emotions and just structural things you have to deal with and um, you nobody talks about it 
Uh, you guys uh, have all sort of put in stories, so I'm curious, Jen, what, what, the, the element that you put into this anthology, well, where did it come from? What's your story? Uh, I live in Vancouver, and as you may know, we have had a housing issues for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, and one of the big themes in this book is actually about housing at home, partly because that um, that particular issue has affected all of us in a very different way than I think previous generations. Um, so it, my story was really about coming to terms with um, the Vancouver housing market, um, it's been, you know, decades of, of sort of housing turmoil around here, and it really starts to be a reflection on, like, what is enough to have in your life? Like, what is actually enough? Uh, does it mean that you have to buy a home? What is it that you actually need in your life when you um, look back on it? Does it really matter that it was an own or a rental? Or is it what matters is that you have your family, you have the, you're in the place you want to be, you're doing the things you want to do. Uh, and also match that with a whole bunch of stuff around like um, uh, other things that I kind of came to terms with, such as I thought I would have a forever pen. I bought like a pencil when I was in my early 20s. I thought it was the most amazing pencil I've ever had. So I bought like 25 of them and then <laughs> forgot about them completely and found them later on and was like, right, I thought I knew what I was doing. But you don't. You really don't. <laughs> you wing it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we, we know what we're doing at any age. And, but, no. but you know what? You just told, you just described the, 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 the short story that you wrote um, and talked about that. But, you know, people of different generations can relate to everything you just said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? It's so, there's something about it that's timeless, but the details are so specific to our generation. But yeah, like what we're feeling has been, it echoes for everybody. And we do have found that, that people have really said that, that whether you're younger or older, that these stories have themes that have resonated for people. This is the second book, uh, Midlife, so volume two, if you will. And the first one was uh, created during COVID. And, and Sarah, your life ha- had changed from volume one and volume two, hasn't it? Oh, hugely, yeah. I think you're leading into what I wrote about. You mm-hmm. bet. Yeah, which is a story about um, being a single mom. I have, uh, I mean, sadly, not an original story, but uh, being a single mom and navigating what life looks like, uh, taking care of my family, um, how to best serve my kids, and how to find the reserves within and reflecting on. I mean, it's a luxury, actually, to be in a place where you can even reflect on what you're doing or how you're choosing to parent or how you're choosing to show up in the world because I think uh, for in the single mom life or in any stage of your life you're just kind of doing the best you can in any given moment right so it's about um, navigating what next life looks like and my piece is particularly about parenting you you can't focus purely on on the parenting thing without understanding how you end up getting there though too right uh-huh. and the emotional trauma that you end up going through personally while you're still trying to do all the things you need to do oh yeah when you invest like 14 years i guess no sorry that was just the political life was 14 years i was married for longer than that um and, and we, yeah you brought it up do it so uh, obviously you were married <laughs> to former mayor don iveson mm-hmm. right so we'll just put that put that out there because because you, you mentioned political life yes yeah. no former it's juicy and people like it so yeah we can do another <laughs> show on that former mayor his wife um, my former marriage and um so it was i mean i think divorce is 
difficult under any circumstances. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's like person divorce, work divorce, friend divorce. It can all be tough. Put but, a spotlight um, on it. Whew. Oh, it's, it's you know, not it, nice. But it really, it, it, it's really like a trial by fire because you realize, well, I realize um, it, the noise doesn't matter. Right, you're f- like there's even more of an impetus, especially since I have kids. I think if I didn't have children, I might have been a little messier. Hmm. But they were really inspiring to me because it forced me to um, hone in on knowing myself, which I think I already do actually. And it was just sort of like I don't really have time to listen to all of this other noise of other people's stuff. That's not even my stuff. And plus, you have kids that you need to focus on yes. and take yep. care of instead of letting yourself be taken away by the torrent. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it's also, it's really overrated to be like, oh, lead by example. But that is the thing, too. Like, your kids are watching you go through this. And like I said, it's a luxury to even, you know, be in a place where you can think about this. But um, the kids are watching you go through this. And it I really occurred to me, and actually this comes up with how I dealt with the situation in the story I wrote. But um, what do I want them taking away from this experience? Like, when they tell the story about their single mom or, like, their newly divorced mom, um, you know, after their dad left them, like, in 20 years, or when they're midlife, what's the kind of story I want them to tell about me? And so, yeah, it's been really motivating mm. and empowering. It's it's a relatable story of Absolutely. you on a ski hill, and you're trying, <laughs> your kids are uh, suffering from different things at the same time, and you're just trying to keep it all together, and and you're the only one there. And I, I, I read that, I'm like, hmm. That resembles me. You know, I I feel you. All hell broke loose, but I handled it. I handled it. Yes, you did. I can handle hell. That's the uh, the deal line. Tell you what, why don't we take a quick break? We're going to come back here with Sarah Chan and Jen uh, Pobolano and talk more about the midlife book. And uh, and, and, and where some of the other stories, there's alarms going off all over the place. We'll figure out where those are. A whole bunch of other stories as well. So we'll talk about that in a flash. Last Hitch told me a story about free milk and a cow and said, no hooky, no gizzy, and I get a wet bow. My honey, my baby, don't put my love up on no shelf. She said, don't hand me no lines and keep your hands to yourself. This morning with Stacey Bratzel and Daryl McIntyre on 630 Chat, presented by Abe's Door Service, with 24-7 emergency service where you speak to an actual person. Visit abesdoor.ca. All the alarms are off now, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're good to go. Uh, chatting this morning, uh, Sarah Chen is in studio with us. Jen Pabalano is on the phone in Vancouver. Uh, Jen, uh, uh, you guys, I guess you both worked on this. Uh, Jen, you're, you're listed at the publisher. Or, I'm not sure how the titles work, but you still had to wrangle a whole bunch of people. How did you figure out uh, who was going to write and what about so that the different stories would, would I guess, complement and not just, uh, you know, pile on in one area? Oh, there's a story coming. You can tell by the laughter. (laughs) You make it sound like that was intentional and easy. (laughs) It was not. Um, This one was a bit of a a challenge. We did give everybody a theme to try to write around. um, And it sort of ended up we started with the, the idea of housing and home, but it was very clear that a lot of people like it really resonated. They had like a story to tell. And then some folks were like, I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> so we ended up having like quite a, a bit of a protracted p- development period where um, we had folks um, 
like do writing sprints afterwards uh, and and come up with work towards ideas that worked for them and and that you know overall the entire process took 18 months um, in the end to write the book and uh, our first book took four months so um, this felt very long for us but we know that in traditional publishing this is uh, very short for everybody <laughs> and that was because of COVID right because everyone yeah, was sitting well, around just waiting for exactly, uh, something to do yeah precisely. So this book, what do you hope people do with it? Because it's 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 a beautiful book. It it almost looks like a, a very elaborate coffee table book. Yeah, that was yeah. on purpose. Jen, do you want to tell them about your vision when we were designing? <laughs> Yeah, like when we designed the book, we were like, we want it to be like a beautiful book that you, you know, like a rich person would have in their like mahogany <laughs> library. Um, so that it was not only something that had really meaningful things in it, but it was like beautiful and you wanted to have in your home because, you know what I mean? So many books, they don't look like this anymore and, and hardly anyone would put that effort in. And since we were able to control the entire production process, we're like, let's make it look amazing. Um, so it's so tactile, it's beautiful, it's got the silver foil image it's blue uh and it's wonderful to hold it feels really substantial um but yeah um what people we hope that they get out of it is that they read the stories they reflect there's a little bit of resonance in their own lives because um you know i mean as you definitely know the media is not what it was way back when like i remember reading the edmonton journal when i was growing up and you know like there'd be a giant life section be really packed you'd get stories like this from from other people hitting this kind of life stage um and that doesn't exactly exist for our ages these days and I know that the advent of social media and everything makes it seem like it does but it actually to me it just means we get a lot of American stories I'm like I get a lot of American long reads about about midlife you know stuff about like healthcare and that leaves being really short I'm like that's not our challenges it's not Canadian and so we're hoping that like People who reach midlife in Canada, who are in this sort of mushy middle stage, um, read these stories from a multitude of different types of Canadians and um, feel a little bit less alone in their lives as they wander through. Yeah, it, it feels, it's not a how-to book, it's a, it's a how are you doing it, and how do you feel, and you're and not alone Like book. a Me Too book. Me Too book, yeah, right. sort of, yeah. Oh, except not that, that kind of a not Me Too book. Kind of, not that kind of Me Too. No. Yeah. The same book. <laughs> is, that, is that what the intent was, just to know that people aren't alone, that everybody's mm-hmm. going through something, one way or the other, either, you know, is, are these positive stories? Yes. Or are these how are we struggling through mid-age stories? Both. I think, well, because the original concept was for us to just come together and write as friends again. It was always intended as a gift to each other. There's 27 of us, and you know, we didn't really care if other people were going to like it. We knew that we would like it. And it turns out that a lot of people do like it, which is great. And you realize that it's not, are you doing it right? Is you doing it wrong? Is there one way to do whatever it is you're trying to do? Everyone's just trying their best, and they speak about it beautifully. You must have had some pretty good reaction because there's a volume two. So you must have had a lot of people say, I like the first one. And this sort of, whether it entertained you or it affected you somehow. Two things. We sold out in, like immediately with the first one, and then we had to reprint it. So there was that, and wow. that, was a, that was kind of a surprise, because we were like, oh my gosh, people like us. That's nice. Um, and then for the second one, once we started writing, most of our writers realized that they had more to say. And that's why there's a second one, because yeah. it was like kind of just opening 
you know, the door, and then there was a lot more behind there. So if you get both, actually, you'll see the same writers do slightly different things, even different style. It's really fascinating to watch your friends and your writers um, develop like that, even though we're, like, quote, old now. <laughs> just just, just go with older. older. We've got um, we've got depth and variety, and I, that, I think that's what we also want our readers to realize, is that no matter what your age or stage, there's always more there. There's always something new you can learn. There's something, um, a new adventure for you to take after whatever mm-hmm. it is that you did, and you're not alone. Uh, enough for volume three? <laughs> Oh my God, no! <laughs> oh, she says that now, but she just says give, that it, now. give it, give it, give it a month. When do you guys make no. it? Some of this makes a ton of money, and you have to split it twenty-seven ways, and, uh, and decide yeah. whether to go. We actually yeah. donate a dollar from every sale to the Emin Community Foundation yeah. for uh, refugee. Um, students in post-secondary for like a scholarship fund because we all realize how privileged we were to have met in that kind of context way back when. And so, yeah, there's actually a philanthropic arm to this project nice. too. Love yeah. it. All right. Thanks for joining us. Thank I really you. appreciate it. Enjoy. Can, can we tell you about the website, just midlifebook.ca if people are interested in finding it? I think you just did. And you oh, get okay, the book great. at Audrey's or Glass Bookshop. There you go. Thank you so much. We've got Sarah Chan in here with us, uh, one of the contributors of Midlife and the publisher and also a contributor of Midlife, Jen Pabliano. Thanks so much for joining us.